Welcome to the Aspen Chapel podcast with me, Nicholas Feasy. When we get, have weddings here, you can see there are certain advantages. They, uh, they said, uh, I'm going to leave the flowers for you. <laughs> so the flowers get uh, beautiful flowers uh, after we've had a wedding. So just explaining that. I hadn't gone mad and spent thousands on flowers for one service. Um, so... Uh, I'm putting this down because I'm going to uh, show a couple of short videos uh, during this. We're, we're, we're talking for the next few weeks about community and uh, we're talking about really service uh, within community, how we might, as the chapel serve. I was saying last week that, you know, we do spend a lot of our time noodling around about the nature of reality and spirituality. But at some point you have to think, well, what are we actually going to do? How can we make a difference to our community, internationally, locally, whatever? How, how, what can we do as a community, whether we're online or here, to actually engage and, and be of some sort of service? So over the next few weeks, we're just going to look at various ideas that we could do uh, to engage in that way. And I asked last week if you'd like to you know, give us any ideas, um, then that will be great as well, because it's, it don't want just to come from me, but it's great if it comes from, from outside as well. Um, and the idea it's based upon is that the, the end point of spirituality, when it's all said and done, when you've been enlightened, when you know, you've given your life to the Lord or whatever it is that is for you the end point of spirituality, you arrive at a point of service. When all the work is done on yourself, what you're left with is, where do I serve? Our spiritual practice gives us an understanding of the nature of reality. It gives us an understanding of our true place in the world. And, and when you begin to study the nature of reality, the essence of things, you, you, you begin to see the bigger picture. That it's not just about you, but you're more deeply connected to the whole universe, that the universe, you know, in our theology here, is all of one beingness, and you are a part of that beingness. And being a part of that whole, you and your very existence are playing a part in the unfolding of that universe, the interconnectedness of all things. And that gives us a new connection with everything. And so... We seek to experience that deeper reality so that it will shift our horizons and so that we can work out where to serve and how to serve. And last week, I think I was looking at, you know, we were looking for a point of service for the chapel, a work, a project, a campaign that we can take on to enable ourselves to serve. Um, and as I said, over the next few weeks, we're going to explore uh, various ideas and then we're going to link up where in partnership with the Roaring Fork leadership program to help us implement the project and today I'm going to lay out one idea uh, and encourage you to think about others and I think that this idea that we're going to talk about today comes right out of our understanding of the nature of reality our understanding being that we are all interdependent on each other. That we are dependent on plants and animals, on weather, on nature, and on the planet. 
that really China's problems are our problems. And our problems are China's problems. And, you know, for, for countries to be worrying about territorial claims and security and economic prosperity and pride and empire, you know, all that stuff is not really the issue. The issue, I think, is that the world has problems and we need to be big enough to get beyond our own self-interest in order to solve them. I think that's what, you know, leaders in the world need to understand. All of us are fundamentally interdependent with everyone and everything else, and that includes our planet. And when we start thinking this way, then I think we're able to solve the problems that come up in the world while we start thinking of our own survival and our, you know, what's, what's up with us, then, then we're not. And this raises, I think, an idea whose time has come, or it will come. And that's the idea of global citizenship. The first idea I'd like to suggest is that the chapel community considers is the idea of the cause of global citizenship. And that means advocating that we're, you know, not only have our own countries to look after, but we also need to look after the problems of the world. And this is a movement that has many different faces at the moment. And I'm just going to start just by showing just a, a perspective of what uh, Global Citizen is about. What does it mean to be a global citizen? To me, being a global citizen is understanding that everything's connected, making decisions based on the good of everyone, not just ourselves. I am a global citizen. Only one planet. Loving people is the best way for you to be a global citizen. If we know that we belong to the same humanity, then we are brothers. Everywhere is my country. I am a global citizen. Depending on where a child is born, the access to basic human rights is so different. We can't limit our concern to national boundaries. We live in a world that is inescapably connected. What we do in one place affects someone on the other side of the world. I am interested in developing humanity, no matter where they are found. Ending extreme poverty. I think that it is possible. Everything that has a beginning has an end. We have the energy to do it. We have the skills to do it. What we do does really make a difference to other people. I am a global citizen. Each person must have something to contribute to make the world a better place. That world has a lack of extreme poverty. That world protects and sustains the environment. That world is about equality. That world is about access. That world is about justice. That world is about freedom. That world is about health. We should have a world by now where every child is born with the same rights to life. That is the world we're fighting for. Because the world we want and the world we're envisioning is the world we're going to make, and it's going to be beautiful. Context on, you know, the idea of global systems. The idea is that we take responsibilities as individuals for caring for the planet rather than just our own little bit. We'll not solve the problems of the world just by looking at our own little bit because unless we solve the problems at a global level, then they'll just come back to bite us, like the pandemic or climate change.
We're faced nowadays not with national catastrophes, but we're faced with global catastrophes. As I say, pandemics, climate change, selfish totalitarianism. These are problems, I think, that can be only solved from a global perspective. And the sooner we realize that and take up, I think, the concept of global citizenship, the better. So I'm suggesting that, that this is a topic we can get involved in. You know, we already in the world have a concept of, of global consciousness through television and through the internet. You know, corporations are now global. And it's only a matter of time, I think, before politicians begin to think this way. But they'll only do so if we, the global citizens on the ground, actually demand it. And I was wondering, you know, what it meant to identify as a global citizen and how it meant, might affect our behaviour. I think the first thing is, is that it makes us identify with the largest grouping that we can. It includes the whole planet, with all humanity, with plants and animals and the earth itself. We see all people as our brothers and sisters in the human family. In fact, we see all things of part of our family, much like St. Francis did when he referred to brother, son, and sister moon. He was actually identifying as a citizen of the universe, which is, of course, the next stage up, and actually the rational concept for global citizenship. When, the, when you identify as an intimate part of the universe, you're really affirming the idea of the oneness of all, that we're actually part of the universe, that part which is conscious of itself. The universe being a complete conscious whole, and we're part of that whole. Everything, you know, our, our belief here is that everything is linked to the ground of all being, or God, or whatever you like to call it, or unity of consciousness, or that primal origin. And hence St. Francis's idea of brother, son, sister, moon, where intimately in relationship with all the elements of the universe as being part of the same oneness. There's no leap at all to go from that to say that we're one with the planet or one with the earth. And therefore, I think we should be declaring our solidarity with all beings and all things that made up the earth, brother tree and sister cloud. Some years ago here, we, we looked at and developed a, a declaration of interdependence. Um, and this is, how, this is how it went. I think it's relevant to now. Our declaration of interdependence said, we hold these, thing, these truths to be self-evident, that everything is created equal, and that everything is endowed by its creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life and the coexistence of all other created things. And to that end, we assert that all creation is a part of one interdependent whole, and that the role of humanity is to ensure that it doesn't assert its own species' right to existence above any other species' right to existence. To that end, we should attempt to cooperate with all life forms to enable a harmonious coexistence of planetary life. That no one person, community, race, or nation is superior to any other person, community, race, or nation. 
and that all should attempt to live in harmony with each other. That communities are interdependent with each other and that sharing bounty, benefits and problems are the only way to, com to create a harmonious planetary existence. That all communities should aim to understand how to learn from and contribute to all other communities. And finally, that the role of the individual is to develop wisdom and understanding so as to cooperate with all the communities around it. So that was our, you know, we developed that a few years ago, our statement of interdependence. And, and we have a situation now in the world where we have 82 million refugees around the world at the moment who no one wants to take responsibility for. We have a global pandemic just happened. Our planet is changing in such a way that it could become inhabitable for humanity before too long. To be a global citizen is to stand up for the whole planet, not just the bits we think are me and mine. To be a global citizen is to see that our responsibility is not just to our family, our community, and to the people we directly identify with. To take the narrow view of self-interest is only to see as far as the horizon presents itself. We only look at what's in front of us. What we don't realize is beyond that horizon, there are peoples and places that can bring us imaginable benefits if we were able to be with them. The Native American Indians could see only as far as they knew. They had no idea of the destruction that Europe would bring them. And it wasn't their fault. How could they know any better? But it, it is different for us. Our world is now global. Our television, our internet, we live in that global consciousness. And yet we're not willing to take responsibility for that consciousness. Einstein famously said, no problem can be solved from the same level of consciousness that created it. And so to solve the problems, I think, of the world today, we have to change our consciousness from that of self-interested nation-states to a global awareness of the inheritance that we've been given, our home, the earth, our planet. We have to become a part of that shift in consciousness that breaks the current thinking, the rush to safety, the ghettoization of thought, and the rush to strong men and women who will protect us at the expense of others. What we're doing here is part of that shift in consciousness. And it's the same with what we do in our lives. It's been coming, I think, since the first axial age. Now, the first axial age is when Buddha and Jesus, Lao Tzu and Muhammad all appeared. And they brought about an understanding of our role within God. Previously, God was seeing outside. And they brought an understanding of our role within God. And we're now in the second axial age, which is an understanding of our role within global consciousness and the realization of the unified nature of the universe. So the first idea I want to put forward is that we represent this idea of global consciousness to and from Aspen and the valley. 
and that we link up with other organizations in putting forward the idea that we need to look after our world and not just ourselves. That we ask of others, however other they might be to us, we ask of others, how can I help? What that might mean in practice is you know, making some sort of declaration of what we're about, of forming a grouping of similarly interested people here in the valley, of linking up with other similarly focused organizations, and then organizing things that raise awareness of these issues, focused programs, conferences, demonstrations, speaker events, that sort of thing. And the thing I think is good about this is that it comes right out of our own philosophical approach to life. And that would galvanize us and others to get behind something that would really make a difference. Now, different organizations sort of do this in different ways. And um, uh, there's one organization called Global Citizen. And I'll just give you an idea of how they're organizing now, just to give you a perspective. And we're going to just show this, this second video now. A global citizen is someone who self-identifies first and foremost as a member of the human race. They exist in every country and among every demographic. Every single one of the major challenges we face from poverty, climate change, gender inequality can ultimately only be solved by global citizens demanding global solutions from their leaders. But how did we actually go about recruiting and engaging those global citizens? We used the universal language, music. We launched the Global Citizen Festival and we persuaded some of the world's biggest artists to participate. We made sure that these festivals coincided with the UN General Assembly meeting so that leaders who need to hear our voices couldn't possibly ignore them. But there was a twist. You couldn't buy a ticket, you had to earn it. You had to take action on behalf of a global cause, and only once you'd done that could you earn enough points to qualify. Activism is the currency. Citizenship means you have to act, and that's what we required. And amazingly, it worked. An up, you know, sort of a, a presentation of, of what that might mean. I'm going to put up the um, screen and just going to hand over to Heather uh, for a little bit. There we are. Just take these. You know, it's interesting, it's very easy in our human way to, to hear something like that, hear anything, and come down on either side as yeah, I'm up for that, or no, I'm not up for that. But what we want to do is just um, try and open ourselves to, to this possibility. And, you know, all various, I mean, various ideas came up last week in our conversation, and there are other ideas, but today we're engaging with this. And you'll find, oh no, Nicholas is coming around now with um, a little bit of paper um, with three questions on it for you to consider. And if you're willing, just to, to, write, to write down your thoughts, your reactions 
uh, your insights, your inclinations, anything that feels relevant to this conversation. Um, and during a little time of silence and music, you might just come up and, and place it in um, this bowl or that one over there, that plate. Uh, or if you need a bit more time, you can do, do that at the end, you know, put it in at the end of the service. But just to consider these three questions, and on, if you're watching online, you can download this, by the way, and send it in. What do you think? What do you think of the idea of becoming part of the global citizenship campaign? What about it works for you? And what does not work? What, do, what about it does not work for you? What other ideas do you think we should consider in looking at what sort of service project we might do as a chapel community? And is there something you would be willing, that you personally would be willing to join in with, with either your time or your talent or your treasure? So we'll just give a little time for you to do that. If you feel moved to make a donation to the chapel, please go to aspenchapel.org. Thank you. And if you'd like to receive these podcasts regularly, subscribe to the Aspen Chapel through Apple, Google Play, YouTube, or any other outlet.